When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the post-game edition of Shout a Buffalo Bills Football Podcast. Brought to you as always by Tops Friendly Markets. Tops Christmas bonus program is still going on, and you have about a week left to be Santa's biggest little helper. Shop for groceries at Tops, and you could save $10 on participating $50 gift cards. That's an extra 20% savings on all your holiday gifts just for buying your groceries at Tops. Earn one gift point for every grocery purchase you make of $50 or more now through December 24th. Then redeem one gift point at Tops Checkout for $10 off a $50 gift card to participating retailers such as Toys R Us, Cabela's, Sony, Fanatics, Kohl's, Panera, Macy's, Applebee's, Texas Roadhouse, and so many more. Uh, check out topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus for more details. Ryan Talbot, we got a football game to dive into. The Bills... 31 to 10, absolutely blow the doors off of the Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl contender, Dak Prescott, MVP candidate. And this was never a game. From the opening drive through the end of the game, the Bills dominated. And it was up front to me on both sides of the ball. I'm not sure I can remember a more physical performance in the Sean McDermott era than what we saw tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas riding high off of a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles bills in a must win game. And, and from just the onset, uh, they are just blocking guys in this O-line, uh, just creating lanes for James cook and company. And, you know, there's the one play of Deion Dawkins driving a player 20 yards downfield defensively. You're without AJ Epinesa, but you're still getting and generating a good push up front, uh, I thought Ed Oliver was a game wrecker again, and this is something that we've said about him a lot this season. Probably Jordan Phillips's best game of the season. He uh, collapsed the pocket a few times in this one. Then you had Greg Rousseau with a huge run stop early on in the game on a drive where the Cowboys had been moving. Leonard Floyd coming up with a big play. Uh, and, and we saw some flashes as well. Again, Von Miller coming very close to a sack too. So, you're right. The lines won on both sides of the ball for the Bills today in dominant fashion. 
You know, one of the things I, t- I texted out to the insiders after the game, because I really thought that this was one of the big overarching takeaways for, for me from this game, is that you look at James Cook, a second-round pick last year. You look at Terrell Bernard on the defensive side of the ball, um, playing at middle linebacker, a position that we talked about being a position of concern for, for years here. Even with Tremaine Edmonds, a pro bowler on the roster, yeah. it was constantly – a point of are they getting enough from that position? And I thought Terrell Bernard, while maybe not like absolutely crushing it on the stat sheet tonight, you you, you bring up the stats and you know uh, Terrell Bernard five tackles, uh, two assisted, three of his own. Doesn't like blow you blow the doors off, but watch pre snap as things are playing out on the defensive side of the ball. The the work that he was doing, I think it was Jordan Phillips sack. Um, and if it wasn't Philip Sack, it was another big time play. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, oh no, it was it was because Phillips and Ed Oliver came running onto the field late on a third down, and Bernard they they got to the line of scrimmage pretty quick. Dak was about to to call hike, and they were out of position, and Bernard was screaming at them and like kind of tapping that tapping them on the on the back getting them to shift over and what does it end up doing? Getting some pressure in the backfield and changing the dynamic of the play. And I actually think it was an Ed Oliver. um, That was the third down where Ed Oliver applied the pressure and Jordan Phillips had to pass breakup. So it wasn't um, the sack there. Great performance by him. Spencer Brown, Ryan, like, can we talk about this offensive line? And first of all, the benefit of the continuity built over a season where there has not been a missed snap for any of these starting offensive linemen. And if you're a Bills fan, I know you're probably sitting there like, chill, dude, knock on some wood before you say something like that before the stretch run here. But I thought Spencer Brown was terrific tonight. Deion Dawkins on the end. You know, Deion Dawkins said a couple weeks ago that he thinks that they're the best tackle duo in the league. Mm. And while I don't know if I would go that far, tonight they looked apart. They were dominant against one of the elite premier defensive lines in the league, led by Michael Parsons. And, how many times did you even hear Michael Parsons' name mentioned tonight? It, it was pure dominance by the Bills' offensive line tonight. Yeah, it, it was absolute dominance. And, yeah, I, I would stop short of saying uh, the, the best tackle duo in the league. But, y- you know, for as much as we've criticized Brandon Bean in the past over some of his decisions to roll the dice on certain players, he rolled the dice this offseason on Spencer Brown and said, this is a guy – that can be a franchise right tackle that we can count on. He's had some bad luck. And sure enough, he has looked the part this season. Uh, He made some great blocks in this game, going to Micah Parsons, what you said about Parsons. There were one or two plays where he he beat Osiris Torrance early when they had him lined up on the inside. Uh, But overall, they kept a uh, defensive MVP type player in check all game long. And it's something we've seen this team do before when they've gone up against the TJ Watts of the world and some of these other uh, all-world type defensive players, the Bills do come up with a a good game plan, but the blocking up front was excellent. A lot of comments here, Matt. Uh, Someone asking about Taron Johnson. Don't worry, show just started, Bills Mafia. We're we're in the trenches right now. We'll get to Taron Johnson and his performance here soon too. Uh, But unbelievable O-line play today. Best performance from this unit as a whole. And, And a really nice bounce back too. Uh, one week ago, having giving up a lot of pressure against Chris Jones and company in the Chiefs. We got a super chat here from Carl Tommen in the JA17 era. This is the O-line that fans have been begging for. And, you know, I think you're absolutely correct. I think Connor McGovern 
was this under the radar guard that they went out and get. And they, you know, they realized that his strength was in pass protection, but you come into a game like this and you're able to run the ball the way that they did today. And I think part of that's the continuity. The other part of this is the stamp that I feel like Aaron Cromer has put on this offense and how instrumental he's been in this, the transition from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady. And I think what we're seeing is an offensive line group that in year two under Cromer is positioned, you know, not only for their strengths, but understanding what Cromer wants in terms of his technique. I asked um, Spencer Brown about that after the game. And just like, does it feel like his fingerprint is on this offense? And he said, absolutely. The line is not what it is without coach Cromer, the best O-line coach I've ever had. Um you really got to enjoy it while he's here. And even when he's gone, I'll still be using the same technique. And if I become a coach someday, I mean, I'll be using his technique as well because he has his core of what he wants to get done, but he also facilitates to different guys and their strengths. And he sees it the way he communicates with us week to week. He has an open door policy. Anything you want to say, there's no secrets out there. I can't say enough good things about him uh, from a coach or personal perspective. So Obviously, what they have going on behind closed doors with Cromer has unlocked this offensive line unit. And of course, it's important for Josh Allen. But now it's catapulted the story of James Cook into superstardom. Ryan, James Cook right now is the number three player in all of the NFL in all purpose yards, only behind Christian McCaffrey and one other player that Tyree I don't have Hill. off Tyreek Hill. Are you kidding me? On a team with Stefan Diggs. The Bills have found their number two weapon, and today he played like their number one weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick on the O-line, Matt. You know, during the summer, we had Osiris Torrance talking about how he really liked the fact that using, you know, his size, his height, Cromer had specific techniques for him, and we've seen how well that uh, worked out for him. We we have uh, young guys that came in late in this game, Ryan Vandemark, and uh, you know, Ryan Bates has been here for a while. Young guys that are on the uh, inactive list every every week. And Alec Anderson, he's done a really good job with these young players. Uh, but going back to your point about Connor McDermott and being more of a pass-protecting type of player, now that he's been in this system now for over half of a year, you're starting to see him become better as a run blocker too. So things are really gelling with this unit. They've been very healthy up front this year. Uh, Cromer deserves a ton of credit for the way that they're playing as of late. And like you said, when that transition over uh, to Joe Brady, as for James Cook, this uh, the, the game of the week, Matt, the national game of the week. Everyone's watching on Fox and he goes out there and he just absolutely dominates. You saw the patience. You saw the vision. You saw the burst. And you once again got to see what he can do as a pass catcher. Uh, running, you know, a great route for a touchdown. Could have had two. Uh, had one bounce off of his hands that he would love to have back, but it was an absolutely dominant performance. Uh, the Cowboys had to know what was coming time and time again, and they just could not stop him. Uh, he he always had a way to kind of wiggle forward for a few yards, even if it wasn't a, a big gainer, but then he was getting big chunks over and over again. On a national stage, James Cook really put his name out there, and uh, you know, unbelievable second season here in Buffalo. Yeah, that's the craziest part of this all to me about James Cook is they have this revelation of a player now in year two of a rookie deal at a position where you don't have the luxury of 
of putting a lot of resources behind. You know, with a, with Josh Allen on his deal, you can't really go out there as much as the Bills wanted to go out and and, and bring in a Christian McCaffrey. They did what I think is ultimately the better idea, which is going out and finding a guy that can impact an offense the way that Cook has. And listen, I don't know if Brandon Bean ever envisioned what this looked like today and what and the kind of heater that Cook has been on over the last five games. I mean, he's had over 100 all-purpose yards in five straight games. First guy to do that for the Bills since LaShawn McCoy uh, at the running back position. And to me, that is it, it's indicative of how much they've trusted in him, the vision that they had when they drafted him. And to me, over the last two games, this is what this ultimately they wanted it to be. And now that he's in it, it's not so much that it's like, a revelation as much as it's like needed too for this offense. Ryan, look around. Stefan Diggs was good today. Like he he had the drop. Um, he made that sensational catch. We can talk about him a little bit more in detail in a minute. But the Bills needed somebody to be the star today. And through three quarters before that first catch, it wasn't Diggs. And to me, Cook being able to step up into this role changes everything for them. Listen, there's a, a really tough path to get into the playoffs. It is a jammed AFC right now. Um, I, I know what's out there with you know the Miami's schedule. You know they got a they, they're probably going to drop one to the Dallas Cowboys or the Baltimore Ravens, and then Week 18 ends up probably being for the division. And I feel like that's a a pretty good path to the playoffs for the Bills. But let's be honest, there's a lot of things that could go wrong along the way that could lead to not making the playoffs. But if they get in with their defense, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail here in a minute, playing the way that it has over the last couple of games, holding Patrick Mahomes to 17, holding Dak Prescott to 10, and really that was a garbage time garbage touchdown. Time, this was an yeah. absolutely dominant performance from this defense. Now unlocking James Cook, this, this offense is now putting so much more on the plate of defensive coordinators preparing for them week to week. Yeah, and, and again, you don't want to beat up on and Ken Dorsey and what he did here, but when, when you've heard from Sean McDermott saying, you know, you have to play complementary football, he doesn't just mean offense, defense, and special teams working together. I think he wanted a more balanced attack on offense. And while we're not going to have uh, performances like this every week where they lean on the run game and the run game is the majority of the offense, in a game where they needed to be dominant like this, Matt, uh, it, it worked out for them, and, and you could count on James Cook, and you could count on Latavius Murray and Ty Johnson uh, when they were given their carries too. All three of those backs were running with absolute confidence. Obviously, Cook stealing the show uh, more than anyone else, but this was just it. Sometimes in the conditions and in games, you need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to uh, chew up clock, and that's exactly what they did in this game. When they had to kick a field goal on their first drive, of the third quarter, you felt like, okay, well, that was a touchdown that got away from them. But the silver lining there was that drive lasted, I believe it was eight minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, that was huge because with the Cowboys team having to come back and not being able to do much all, all game long, it, it was great to see that they could come out of halftime and still dominate the way that they did. So, you know, you can have, you can count on James Cook. You can count on this run game. Uh, teams that are remaining on this Bills schedule in the regular season can't just say, okay, we've got a game plan for Josh Allen trying to throw for 300-some yards, run it a little bit. Uh, you have a, a real weapon now in James Cook that's going to cause fits for 
uh, teams like the Chargers, the Patriots, and then in the final week of the season, what could be a meaningful game, the Miami Dolphins. As for the log jam, the Bills didn't get a ton of help this weekend. Uh, the Lions came through for them, defeating the Broncos, but there are a lot of games that got away from teams late. Minnesota giving up a, a game uh, that the Bills really could have used over the Bengals. Obviously, today there was the Titans and the Texans, and then uh, you just absolutely had the Bears fall apart late. So not a lot of help, but the Bills just have to keep on handling their own business and see where the chips fall at the end of the season. Um, <clears throat> really excited about um, the show here tonight. This is the first time ever, Ryan, we're streaming live on four different platforms yeah. for Shout Live. Uh, we're live on Facebook, obviously, YouTube. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel as well. I want to get this thing up over 10,000 uh, subscribers to Shout uh, Podcast YouTube channel. We're live over on X, and we're now also live on Instagram. So follow us over there as well. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on, Ryan. We've got to do a, a, a little announcement here. Uh, we've been talking about it on the show the last couple of, uh, of days, but we want to make sure that it's on your radar. This Thursday night in four nights from now, Ryan and I will be live from Turning Stone Resort Casino uh, in Verona, New York, 30 minutes outside of Syracuse for Shout Live previewing Bills Chargers. It is going to be a fun time to come together. We'll talk to you about this game. Uh, what we think about the outlook for the Bills down the stretch, we'll do the podcast live. Uh, we'll use their in-house uh, system at, at the brand new um, uh, sports and rec uh, center that they put together there. We're really excited to to, to kick that thing off. And uh, then we'll talk Bills and we'll, we'll have a couple of drinks with uh, everybody that comes out. So get us on your calendar. Central New York, Bills Mafia, we are coming on Thursday night. Yeah, Bills Mafia, we know it's a busy time of the year, but join us. It's going to be a great time. First Central New York show. It's going to be uh, unbelievable. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we're really looking forward to this week on the Shout Insider text line. You can become a subscriber right now by texting 716-528-6727. Uh, Two-week free trial, uh, $3.99 a month after that. And the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call at 716 852 one, two, three, four, or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, Ryan, let's flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. And man, is it just not a contrast between the Cowboys side of the stat sheet and the Bills side of the stat sheet. You know, Taylor Rapp leads the Bills with a, a eight tackles. He had a huge tackle for a loss uh, on a blitz play uh, that took totally blow up a run play. I thought Tyrell Dotson was outstanding in this game outside of that one penalty where kind of felt like he was leading with his helmet a little bit, got dinged on it, has half a sack uh, where he was kind of sent in on, on a blitz. And, you know, to me, Dotson is another version or another example, I should say, of the Bills program working for the player, the off-the-radar players. Like they really needed somebody in the in the wings to step up with Matt Milano out. And obviously Terrell Bernard's been a revelation <clears throat> in a linebacker, but to have Dotson playing at the level that he is in coverage and um, against the run, you know, it's, it's been something that I don't think you could have forecasted when we were talking about how bad he was playing in the, in training camp at times. No, it was definitely, again, not something that I expected. And the, the fact that the linebacker play has been so solid uh, without Matt Milano 
it's a testament to the coaching on this staff, the linebackers coach, uh, Sean McDermott as well, obviously. There's a lot of good things about what Tyrell Dodson has said. And now listen, yeah, there are still some plays where you sit there, you scratch your head, you say, oh, how did he miss that? But he's coming up and run support. He's making big plays. He's getting after the quarterback. Uh, he did have a personal foul for one hit. Um, I, I thought watching it live, I thought that Dak had not be, began to slide or anything yet, but obviously the helmet-to-helmet contact is going to draw a penalty more times than not even when uh, you know the quarterback becomes a runner. So he, he definitely, though, made a statement in this game and uh, can't say enough good things about how good this defense in total has looked in two really tough matchups. And, you know, obviously that second half of the Eagles game too, but 10 of the last 12 quarters, Matt, this defense has really been lights out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's amazing uh, what can happen in the NFL in such a short amount of time. I mean, we were talking about three weeks ago, Sean McDermott's seat being hotter than it's ever been before. And now we're a couple weeks later where you think about the Philadelphia Eagles game, where of course it was a loss. They blow out the Jets when nobody was blowing out the Jets all season long. Nobody was putting that kind of beating on their defense the way the Bills offense did in that game following the uh, the pivot uh, to, to Joe Brady. They go on the road. They lose that Eagles game by three points. Obviously, the Ty Dunn article comes out, and they follow that up with, with wins over the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs and now a win over what a lot of people were calling the Super Bowl favorites in the Dallas Cowboys, one of the hottest teams in the league coming off that dominant performance against the Eagles. And now you're in a situation where you know the Bills have a couple weeks to go and a lot of things that can kind of happen. But Sean McDermott has him through all of this, all the injuries, all of the unrest around the offense and and with the lull that it hit in the same position they've kind of been the last couple of years in the middle of an absolute heater to end the season with a couple of really winnable games on deck before a showdown in Miami. And to me, this is the strength of Sean McDermott beyond everything else. First of all, I, I asked him afterwards and he didn't want to take it. He didn't take the bait. He didn't want to give himself any props about leaning into the to the job and you know being able to manage being a head coach and, and defensive coordinator. Because I think to me, I extrapolate that a lot from this game. His ability to call a perfect game defensively. Like I'll call it that. This was about as perfect of a game as you could play against the Dallas Cowboys offense, all while really navigating the game because you didn't really have to like the game was never close enough to have any of those kind of situations come up. I feel like he really has a feel for his personnel. Um, I feel like Leonard Floyd is a guy that's continuing to um, show you how valuable a signing he was back in June. Um, But I think Sean McDermott at this stage has this team playing at a level where anything's possible if they get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's just it. Obviously, getting in the playoffs is the big thing, but they're getting hot at the right time, just like we saw a few seasons ago. And uh, they're going to be a dangerous team if they can get into the playoffs. You know, you mentioned just how well this unit's playing. I mean, today, no Micah Hyde on the back end. Taylor Rapp steps up. Cam Lewis makes some plays. Uh, the cornerbacks in general are trying to jump routes. Christian Benford almost had 
two interceptions before he finally hauled one in later in the game. Jordan Poyer came close to an interception in this one. They're playing with a lot of confidence. It's clear that when they're watching tape, they have a good feeling uh, of what players are going to do on certain routes and the way that they're playing it. Taron Johnson, unbelievable performance. Uh, obviously, C.D. Lamb was having uh, you know an offensive player of the year type of season coming into this game, and the Bills really kept him in check. And that whole offense has been scoring, I think it's uh, over the last few weeks, so close to 40 points per game. You know, I, we talked about this going into it. Their three losses had all been on the road, uh, some of them really bad, lopsided ones. And after three weeks at home, they, they came here to Buffalo, and they, they did not look ready for the elements, which I'm, honestly were not terrible. It was rain. It was not a blizzard. It wasn't snow all over the field. But you could tell that they were not built to match Buffalo's physicality and the way that Buffalo was playing in that game, and it got out of hand quickly. So... Sean McDermott deserves his kudos for keeping the Cowboys in check, especially when they had to become one dimensional. Sometimes, you know, that's a blessing, obviously, because you know what they're going to try to do. But sometimes quarterbacks start chucking it downfield and getting big plays or drawing flags. And, you know, everything went well for the Bills tonight. They didn't draw many penalties. Their coverage was outstanding. Uh, they were getting pressure. And then offensively, obviously, the way they were able to run the ball down Dallas's throat was just uh, something that I'm sure the, the Dolphins are going to get right to the drawing board for because they have some pretty talented backs themselves. They might have given a blueprint to a team they don't want to see and knock off the Cowboys next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bills staying out of third down situations, five for nine when they did come up. They went three for four in the red zone, 28 first downs in the game. Uh, they ran 65 offensive plays to 57 for the Cowboys, the time of possession, 35 minutes to 24 55 uh, for the com for the Cowboys. This was an absolutely dominant performance on both sides of the ball. And, you know, one of the matchups going into this game that we talked a little bit about on the preview show was Taron Johnson against CD lamb. And I think you come out of this talking about how great of a player and valuable player that Taron Johnson is. And we talked about this early in the season, like who could the Bills lose on the defensive side of the ball that they could least afford to lose, right? We had that conversation with Daquan Jones. Oh, is that the little buddy? Yeah, that's he wants, right. He, he wants, he wants to be on the show. Here. He's up, got bitch? his Christmas sweater on. He's, he's like ready. It. So here's what happened. Reggie must have saw Kennedy try to like get on the show, my daughter, a couple <laughs> days ago. And he's like, hey, she's not stealing the spotlight. Reggie, it's Reggie Top on the show right. tonight. Um, you know, Taryn – at this stage, with Milano and Daquan Jones now out, and obviously the, the future prospect of, of Daquan Jones returning is probably a little bit better than Matt Milano, who's kind of been ruled out for the season by Sean McDermott. Uh, we'll see how that progresses. To me, Taron Johnson's the most valuable guy on this team, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the way that he's able to match up on some of those interior players. He had a pass breakup today and a tackle that was absolutely vital to uh, a, a few of these defensive possessions for the Bills. You can't overstate not only his value, but also probably what it's meant to, in a year where the safety play is probably taking a bit of a dip overall. Uh, I thought the safeties played really well today, Jordan Poyer included, but Benford's playing as a young player. You've got Rasul Douglas, who's still kind of getting acclimated. Taron Johnson has been that, I feel like that's stabilizing force. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, Sean McDermott sprinkled in on three or four snaps today, a little Balin Specter and some four three looks. 
Yeah. So Taron Johnson, first and foremost, I, I, I think he does get his flowers from the fan base. I think the, the fans do appreciate him, but I would argue that over the course of his career in Buffalo, he has probably been the best nickel cornerback in this league. He had one down season. I want to say it might've been year two in, in his sophomore season, but overall this guy has been lights out for Buffalo. He, he has been a big component for why Sean McDermott or Leslie Frazier's defense has uh, really worked for this team. The fact that he's had a lot of uh, durability and been able to stay healthy has been a major factor for the team throughout his career, but especially this year because he's been dinged up a few times, uh, but he's been able to play through a lot of it. And today, like you said, he shows up in a big-time way. Uh, makes a, a few plays, jumps a route near the sideline that he almost intercepts. He is just such a smart player, and and he plays so much bigger than he really is size-wise in terms of physicality. And uh, those are the types of players that if you have 11 types of players like that on both sides of the ball, you're going to go places. So Taron Johnson, you know, I, I think he does get the flowers from the fan base, but he deserves a shout-out for uh, his unbelievable play this season, but also throughout his career for Buffalo. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe uh, to the channel as well. Offensively, I was really impressed with the diversity of the personnel usage for, for Joe Brady in this game. I mean, we we saw, I think part of what made the run game so successful with James Cook was the way he utilized the personnel package and what they really do well in certain spots. You see a lot of their tackles getting out in space getting a chance to tap into that athleticism. You know, they, when they went heavy, I felt like there was, there's, there wasn't really even a lot of gimmick to it at times. It was our guys against your guys, and we're going to run over you. And that's the way that we're going to play this game. And I don't think the Dallas Cowboys were up to the task from a physical perspective. And Joe Brady realized that. And everybody who spoke post game talked about how important that was to this win. And, you know, now we're sitting here four games into the Joe Brady era of this offense. I tweeted it during the game. Uh, maybe remove that interim tag off of the yeah. OC title, but it's just been to the point where he's understood in most of the games, all of the games, really, even the, even the Kansas city game where at times it felt like the offense was struggling the really good drives. I feel like he leaned into what they do really well. I, I think that the team, the players are feeding off the, the confidence that the offensive coordinator has instilled into leaning into what they really do well. And that is, you know, just taking away some of the, I don't know, annoying parts of this offense, like over-targeting Gabe Davis, over-targeting Stefan Diggs when it's not working. I mean, if you look at this game tonight, it's a perfect example of where, all right, it was five targets for Stefan Diggs, four catches, 48 yards. He had a really solid game. He had one drop. Uh, but but the rest of the uh, of the offense, and I know he only threw it 15 times. Josh Allen did, but it was it was smart play calling, and I felt like uh, they did a really good job in the personnel packages that they ran. Yeah, personnel packages. David Edwards coming out a few times and absolutely getting out in front and making some great blocks. Uh, the way that they use their talent and, and listen, uh, you, you know, you see criticism for Gabe Davis. I get it. He didn't have a, a catch in this one. There was the deep ball that he kind of. Uh, I don't know if he just lost it or what, but didn't make any effort to come back for and catch, but his blocking has been unbelievable. The way that they're lining these guys up and, and utilizing them at times has been nothing short of great. And, you know, Josh Allen, if you would have told me that he'd exit the game in the fourth quarter with less than a hundred yards, 
Uh, I would have wondered, you know, were the Bills getting blown out in this situation, but they didn't need him to do much tonight. They needed him to make a few plays here and there with his legs, with his arm, and he did that. The spectacular, uh, you know, more so the spectacular catch by Stefan Diggs on the third down play, uh, but using his legs, getting that pass to James Cook in, in the end zone, they stayed true to what was working. And there were even times where I was like, okay, it's a run. It's a run. It's a run. And I was expecting them to be trying to set that up for a play action or something, but they just, just kept pounding it down the throats of the Cowboys because that's what was working. And, you know, kudos to Joe Brady for that because it would have been very easy to say, well, we have Josh Allen and, you know, the run game's working. So he wanted to hit him with a, with a pass. They knew it was the conditions, especially in the second half. It was rainy. It was wet. Uh, they stayed true to themselves and what was working. And at the end of the day, the Cowboys never really made this much of a serious game. They didn't, uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, almost 500 watching live on YouTube, 700 across all of our platforms. You guys are awesome here late on a Sunday night, halftime of the Ravens Jacksonville Jags game. And it's interesting, right? Cause the Jags. With a loss tonight, go to eight and six and make things very interesting in the AFC South with the Houston Texans winning today. CJ Stroud likely comes back next week and turns that into a very interesting situation. And obviously, Jacksonville is another team that, should they enter the mix as a wild card contender with the Bills, that is a team that holds the 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 head-to-head tiebreaker over the Bills. But interestingly enough, If you take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and the end of their season here, uh, they play at Tampa Bay at home against Carolina and then at Tennessee, pretty easy schedule uh, for them. So it's one of those things where I think you're going to, you're probably going to hope that Houston kind of falls out of this thing and uh, the Jacksonville Jags probably kind of stay atop there because if they, if they fall into the wild card spot, that means that Houston is winning and taking another potential wild card spot away from the bills. And then, man, we could be sitting here in a couple weeks, Ryan, talking about the only path to the playoffs. If things go a certain way is to win the division. If Miami drops one of these games in the next two weeks. Yeah. And again, if you throw Jacksonville into the mix of a wild card and the Texans take the division, it, it complicates things. Cause like you said, that's another team that has the head to head win. And you saw the Bengals finding ways to win. And I know the Broncos lost this week, but they're still technically in the mix of things. Uh, the fewer teams that have those head-to-head wins, the better in the case of the Bills. But it, it, like we said on Wednesday night, it de- definitely feels like a path the division title is a, a clear path for the Bills. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a very angry Dallas Cowboys team in this game next week uh, against Miami. Then Miami also has to play Baltimore. So it, it could really be setting up for a win-and-in type of game for the Bills in Week 18. And Listen, considering how bleak things looked at one point, I think fans would take that, let the chips fall where they may. Um, but going back to what you said, regardless of what happens at the end of the season, and yes, missing the playoffs would be a disappointment. Finding Joe Brady, almost stumbling into Joe Brady uh, as your offensive coordinator should make Bills fans feel really good about the future. Like you said, drop that interim tag, give him a nice little bump in pay, make sure he doesn't go anywhere or interview anywhere else. Uh, And I think then all of a sudden you're feeling really good about both sides of the ball for the next few seasons. Another thing I've been thinking about big picture wise, like there's a, there's a world we could have lived it and where Sean McDermott didn't make the change from Dorsey to Brady when he did like that was a tough loss. Like really 
if you think about it, the, 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 the culprit that a lot of people wanted to blame for that Denver loss was Sean McDermott because of the special teams, uh, mm-hmm. 12 man on the field, uh, issue with the change. So if Sean McDermott takes that on the chin and doesn't react and doesn't move on from Ken Dorsey in that spot, and they go on to another game and they don't find, you know, the, the magic switch to Joe Brady, where does the season go from there? I mean, we could be talking about a situation right now where the bills aren't even in the playoff hunt. And, and we're talking about looking to, is he going to get fired? Is, uh, are we start, are we starting to talk about the draft and what this season's going to look like? I think McDermott does deserve some credit because a lot of times one thing too that happens with head coaches is feeling loyalty to their people. You know, Ken Dorsey goes back to Carolina with Sean McDermott and every single time that um it's it's come up since Dorsey was relieved, he makes sure to try to remain as respectful as possible to Dorsey when even talking about Joe Brady because of that past history and because of, you know, the impact that Dorsey had on this team over the last three years, four years, even from the, uh, the quarterback's coach role. And that's why even at the time, which by the way, I'll own it. Maybe the bad take of the year came from me when I said they should fire Joe Brady. Oh man. Could you imagine <laughs> if they had oh, no. done that? That was brutal. But you know what? I, I really, I've been spending a couple hours here thinking about that because it was brought up in the press box because I was talking about it with Joe Biscalia from The Athletic. And one of the big reasons why I made that potential move a possibility was because I didn't think Sean McDermott was ready to unload his guy. And Mm -hmm. instead of looking to point the fingers elsewhere, he went to the place, had an honest evaluation, and from all signs, it points to That was the issue with this offense for whatever reason. And I think Joe Brady having that experience in Carolina to go through the failures that maybe Ken Dorsey was kind of going through here in this season with the Bills in year two, they they figured out a lot of problems. And now this offense looks like, Ryan, can we say that this might be arguably the best version of this offense? It has multiple pitches. And down the stretch into the playoffs, if you're preparing for the Buffalo Bills, you now can't just prepare for Josh Allen. You got to prepare for Josh Allen in this passing game and James Cook in this running game. Yeah, they they have a lot of pitches, man. I would go as far as to say this is the best team in the AFC right now, despite their record. Uh, they beat the Chiefs so a week ago. They've beaten the Miami Dolphins. They're playing uh, hot at the right time. They beat down on the Jets. They went toe to toe with Philadelphia and. We're one play away in overtime from winning that one too. So, you know, they're riding high right now in a in a conference where there's been a lot of up and down play. There's a lot of banged up quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks and teams falling off like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for instance. And Joe Flacco did not look great today despite his final stat line. So there are a lot of teams that are still winning and finding ways to win. But right now the Bills over this last month, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more than that, you could argue are the best team in this conference and maybe the most dangerous version of this offense that we've seen yet because of the way that he is utilizing that being Joe Brady, getting the ball into the hands of James Cook and the confidence that he has in Ty Johnson. And, you know, Ty Johnson, the fact that he's getting meaningful snaps and making the most of them, 
is unbelievable in itself. This was a guy that was added to this roster in the summer, their final preseason game, the week before their final preseason game. He did enough to hang around on their practice squad. He finally gets a chance. And, you know, now he is essentially blocking Leonard Fournette from being elevated from the practice squad because of how well he's playing. So Joe Brady deserves a lot of praise for the way that he's getting a lot of these underheralded guys the ball. We saw a few weeks ago, Khalil Shakir, and, and how much uh, he's been doing a good job when his number has been called. He had a target today that drew a penalty, too high of a pass. Stefan Diggs, I know the stats aren't there, but he's been good when counted upon. Not so much from the tight ends today, but they have so many different ways to hurt you that it's really promising seeing what's next for this offense. Uh, Chuck Diesel here on YouTube has got some takes on takes on takes here. He says the um, Perino would cut down on the mm-hmms. We would be in great shape. Do I say mm-hmm a lot, Ryan? Is that one of my faux pas, if you will? Because I think you have a couple of those I as well so that people get on you for. I've Yeah, and now I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, but sometimes I'll go back and I'll read the YouTube comments and be like, Talbot's whatever count was that for for this episode. I'm like, oh, really got to work on whatever that saying or phrase is. But I do that, you know, I definitely do that too. So I'm uh, guilty of it myself. My wife said that I do do that a lot. She just texted me and said that uh, it's really annoying. Uh, and she says, it always seems like you're not listening to Ryan. And she said that she's told me that. And actually other people have told me that. And there are times I will admit when I am not listening to you, but have we also explained this before why that happens, right? Yeah. You're wearing a lot of hats. You're trying to uh, check the comments. I don't like putting hats on, on this this head, you know, Ryan, but I got to wear them. a lot of them. And listen, shout out Caitlin. Caitlin's always very quick to like send you a text if she wants to call you out on something. I'm telling you. Oh, she just told Super me to shut fast. up now. I can't shut up, darling. I'm on a live podcast. So what happens is I got to talk on here and I can't just stop talking, you know. But she also wants credit for the uh, – she was calling for the, the Ken Dorsey move much earlier than most people. My wife is actually, um, I would say low key, but I think it's actually high key, a football genius. So, listen, if you're not following her at Lucky Rose Mom on Twitter, just just saying, she knows what she's talking about. Um, right. Anyway, where do you want to go here before we finish this thing up, Ryan? Uh, you know, I guess really quickly, not too too much to preview next week's game, but you look at this game coming up against the Chargers. They were just absolutely beaten down this past week by the Raiders, Matt. The Bills are opening up as a 14-point favorite uh, any given week in the NFL, but you have to really like this matchup from Buffalo's perspective on December 23rd going into that game, uh, handling their business and moving to 9-6, and six. and again, seeing if they get any help from the outside, seeing how the Dolphins fare, but this is a good spot to be in after arguably handling what I think a lot of people thought was their biggest test remaining on their schedule in a 31 to 10 win over the Cowboys. Um, I think this man of war, he's made this comment a couple of times on YouTube. Should the bills go after Henry in the off season? I'm guessing that is a shot at the fact that I said they should have traded for him at the trade deadline. Even had they done that, I don't think it's a good idea to not try to acquire players that you can think that you think can help you. Now, whether or not you thought that Derrick Henry could help the Bills, that's up for debate, no doubt about it. But I never think it's a good idea to not add players because you think you have players already. Like 
for instance, maybe like don't trade for Rasul Douglas because you think Kyer Elam is going to turn into the guy that you think he's going to be. Like, I, I was high on James Cook early in the season. Did anybody see this coming, Ryan? Like, where have you seen the takes that James Cook was going to become this superstar? Oh, by the way, I've also said several times on this show that I think he deserved a larger role in this offense, and I don't think that they were utilizing him enough. So should the Bills go after Derrick Henry in the offseason? No, he looks kind of cooked over the last couple of weeks. That tends to happen to older running backs. But I think what the Bills did in adding um, Leonard Fournette at the midway point of the season was adding players to a position group to try to be multiple in how you attack teams. And I'm not going to back off about that. And by the way, maybe this is your first time ever listening to this show. This person right here is never afraid to tell you when I was wrong, but I'll also tell you when I was right too. So uh, don't forget that bills win the AFC East prediction before the chiefs game in week at 18, there, man of war. Sweet screen in my way. Just kidding. You're, Boy, awesome. you're getting fired up here. Fired at the end up, of the podcast. Let's let's have a let's dance, dude. We're up over 600 on YouTube. Let's like and subscribe and let's dance. I don't even care. It's all good. But by the way, I'm a little sick, Ryan. I'm getting a little bit under the weather. I've been uh, chewing down uh, lozenges all night. So uh, excuse me. I'm a little I'm a little uh, loopy. You're not you're not a person that uses the term cough drops. You're, you're just I like I like lozenge. Um, okay. But right. I do use cough drops as well. Sophisticated. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. Christopher uh, Diamato uh, with the super say. My wife said, don't say lozenges. I love the word lozenge. Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, Von Miller almost forced a fumble. Hashtag empo- empowering. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought Von Miller had a couple plays late. Uh, still, it's not looking like the guy that played for them last season consistently right. over – you know, for the first half, I think he only had 12 snaps. Most of them came on the last drive before halftime. And to be honest with you, I thought he was pretty invisible. You know, we talked about Taron Johnson as being a guy that is irreplaceable. I put Ed Oliver in that. If he's not 1A, he's 1B in that conversation. Losing him off this defensive line would be an absolute travesty at this point. He's having the best season of his career. He has, uh, I think, he, what did they end up giving him tonight? Did they give him a half sack for that one? I'm going back for, let's see, Rousseau had a half sack, Floyd had one, Phillips had one, and Dodson had No, half. okay, so he had no sacks tonight, but right. still, I mean, he, there's a chance, there's an outside chance that he can get to 10 on the season, which would almost double his career high. And, and, and like everybody tells you, it's not all about just the sack production. It's the, the times that he's around the quarterback, the pressure that he provides. I think he's top 10 in terms of pressure, uh, pressure generated according to pro football focus on the season. He's having, uh, an outstanding season. He's already set a career high with the six and a half sacks and there's, uh, three games to go. Yeah. Unbelievable performance. Uh, just across the line here. Some of the guys, Leonard Floyd getting a $1 million bonus for getting over 10 sacks tonight on the season. Uh, he is kind of what the bills were probably expecting Von Miller to be in, in terms of getting after the quarterback and making the big splash plays. But Von Miller did have come very close tonight to a big play for this team. And the D line just in general is really playing at a high level right now. Our good buddy Schmitty over on uh, YouTube with the super chat. He's got, he has a couple comments on there. He said he's, he enjoys the show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for watching. He also said Floyd is also killing it uh, lately. I mean, man, Floyd has been winning. He's been killing it all season. And I, I think um, 
you know, that is a, a really interesting topic for the offseason because what they're going to do with that, I think he's earned probably a two-year deal somewhere in the in the ballpark of what Daquan Jones signed here. They have the Daquan Jones situation looming as well. He's a free agent. Uh, obviously, a lot still left in this year, uh, but a lot still to figure out in the offseason. There's some pieces that I think that they're really going to want back. And Floyd has been such a stabilizing force. Like, that's absolutely huge. Now, uh, a couple of injury updates too. Uh, I want to get here. Not and if you have anything to add there, Ryan, in a second, feel free. Uh, Spencer Brown was asked by Elena Getzenberg after the game about going into the X-ray room. Uh, after the game, he said he's fine. Uh, it's his, it's a finger. He was kind of shaking that out during the game. So something to keep an eye on during the week to see if he practices. Uh, Ty Johnson left with that shoulder. He went back into the game. He went into the X-ray room after as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Jordan Phillips left this game with a, um, was it a wrist injury uh, that he was banged up with? So that could maybe open the door to maybe Puna Ford getting activated next week uh, in LA. Give, uh, give him a chance to kind of recuperate from the wrist injury, whatever that looks like. This was the best Jordan Phillips game of the season, right? It was absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it could be a Puna Ford game. Uh, Eli Anku is still on the practice squad too. Could be an elevation there. But just something to monitor, and you know, it seems like they escaped without serious injury in this game, which is uh, positive because of how banged up they've been on that side of the ball all year long. All right, um, that'll do it for this episode of Shout. Uh, make sure you get over to Tops Friendly Markets right now. They have all these great holiday deals going on, and with Christmas uh, just a week away, uh, they have the best deals in town. Um, and then they got the advent calendar uh, deal going on too, Ryan, which is absolutely an awesome idea. Every day from December 1st until Christmas Eve, uh, you can reveal an exclusive digital deal hidden behind a magical advent calendar window. Each digital deal is valid all month long and can be used in store online. Just shop with your Tops Bonus Plus or enter your phone number at checkout. Unlock extra savings for delicious treats and more. Check out topsmarkets.com slash advent calendar for more details on that. All right, he is Ryan. I am Matt. We will be back next week live. Um, I haven't decided on the cadence of the week. We might do like a Tuesday night show because I think Tuesday is going to be like a Wednesday for the Bills. So that might be our staple show, if you will. And then we'll do live from Turning Stone Resort Casino on Thursday night. Verona, New York. Do not miss it. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. We'll see you then.